0: You damn right. Welcome to your Thursday. The wrestling event was pretty good last night. Shout out to all the AEW folks. I bought myself a Dr. Britt Baker DMD T-shirt. And I got to see her last night. And I got to see Jay Cargill last night. And when Jay Cargill was about to get announced, this dude leans over and says, here comes the here comes the proof God answers prayers. Ha <laughs> ha! wasn't even my buddy just a random guy sitting next to us fantastic AEW Dynamite and Rampage A lot of fun last night. We got a lot of basketball to get into. It was not fun in Boston last night because Miami's up one game to none. Western Conference Finals tonight. Football update's coming. As always, we got a lot going on on a Thursday. It is Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is the one not wearing a wrestling shirt today, Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay?
1: Yeah, just rocking one of my many Coke FM shirts. So shout out to Coke FM down the hall, Bob Cole, Eric Raines, and the crew. Happy Thursday, everybody. How you doing, Chaz?
0: Man, I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, it's every, every once in a while, every once in a while, your gut feeling comes through. And yesterday, right at the end of the show, I had the feeling and I said, I think Miami's going to win. Oh, great call. Because Boston will be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. The up and down Boston will show up. And I'm going through that game last night. And for a while, I looked really stupid. For a while, I thought, oh, man. Boston's got a rhythm. Boston's got it going. But then there was the, you know, what do they call those things, Zays? Oh, that's right, third quarters. Yeah, that, that's kind of important. Uh, and after the game last night, um, uh, what's his name? It's Joe Joe Missoula right?
1: Yeah, Joe yeah. Mazzoula.
0: He is going back and forth with media members, and they're trying to figure out what's going on um, the, to, to you know have them down a game. I haven't double-checked this stat. Is Boston really – Five hundred at home in the playoffs? It's not a good record. Because I think the Lakers are undefeated. I think Denver is still undefeated after winning their game one. They'll try to keep that going tonight. I am not sure about Miami. I'd have to double. I think they're still undefeated too. But it just made no sense to me. Like that really does speak to that up and down. How have you gotten to the conference finals if you are that inconsistent at home? But Miami won it last night, 123 to 116. So Let me just ask you this, Zay, to get get you started in the conversation. Go to that third quarter for me. Like, did you see it happening? Did you have a moment where you went, oh, Lord, here comes bad Boston? Was Was it something that was really clear to see, or was it more of a gradual thing?
1: Well, you saw the Heat were getting good shots in the first half. They were still getting anything they wanted. And Joe Mazzulla, I think he has way too much trust in this team. You know hmm. a lot of Doc Rivers crap that he gets, which Josh Smith, one of his former players that came out of high school, played for the Atlanta Hawks and played with um, played for, excuse me, Doc Rivers at the Clippers. There's clips on him talking about man, if Doc Rivers, that dude don't make adjustments, this and that, etc. The whole nine. There's multiple people that say Doc does not make adjustments. He hmm. just trusts his players to do that. And when you were a former player, sometimes you feel that way. Like, I'm sure Lenny Wilkins trusted Dominique Wilkins and Doc and Kevin Willis back in the 80s to get them through some things. And you look at Joe Missoula, he does that a lot. Like, Al Holford, he's older than Joe Missoula. Joe Mizzoula is like 34, 33 years old. Al Holford's 37 or something like that. He has way too much trust in him. Robert Williams didn't have the best game either defensively, but there's times out there where Al Holford is killing you and that's every loss that you've had in the playoffs, Al Holford's had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Like it's He's had a bad game. He's not shooting well. Sometimes he's good defensively. Sometimes he's not.
0: One for five from beyond like the arc that's last night. That,
1: what are you doing with that? What, what are you, 32 minutes? That's way too much, and then you're getting killed yeah. on the offensive end because they switch everything. Why? Why are you switching so much, Joe Mazzulla, the Boston Celtics? I get it. The I've been talking about it all playoffs long. When it comes to their guards, they have the best guard core defenders in the playoffs and in the association as a whole. But when you play against certain guys, certain top tier guys like a Jimmy Butler, they could still exploit certain players on the opposing side like Malcolm Brogdon, like Derek White, like Peyton Pritchard, who you're randomly playing all of a sudden. And the bigs, Robert Williams, they would switch out on him and Jimmy Butler would go back to the perimeter and take his time and then he would kind of dribble Robert Williams down and he knocked up, knock down that mid-range jumper. Mm-hmm. He was knocked down that mid-range jumper against Pritchard. He was knocking it down against White and Malcolm Brogdon because all three of those guards are too small and now Horford and Robert Williams, they're too big so they can't stick with him. So stop switching and put Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart on Jimmy Butler the whole game? And live with the results. That's what you have to do in the playoffs. You have to take away something. You can't make it easy. It was too easy for the Miami Heat. And then once Jimmy Butler started cooking in the mid-range and those guys, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, they all started to help. It left open guys like Caleb Martin, who was terrific last night, knocking down huge yeah. threes.
0: 15 off the bench. Huge threes.
1: Max Struz who had 13 of his 15 points in that third quarter. Yep. Big time. Kevin Love hit some big threes. Kyle Lowry was amazing in that first half.
0: He was 15 off the bench. You
1: know what I'm saying? Nah. So they're, they're, Miami is playing exactly how they want to play. Again, I, I've been saying all playoffs long, they're the most – blue-collar Miami Heat team we've ever seen. You think of Miami, you think of South Beach, bikinis, you know, Club life. it's all them popping. And they're just such tough, hard-nosed guys that got it from the mud, that were undrafted. People were afterthoughts. Nobody thought a lot of these guys would get to the league. So they're playing for, like, contracts. They're playing, like... They, they will never get an opportunity again. Gabe Vincent, Shrews, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, people forgot about him. Kevin Love feels like he's been forgot about. He thinks he has more years left and people slept on him. And then you got guys like Jimmy Butler leading the pack. Bam bio was amazing last night with just everything he could do, how versatile he is. He hit that mid-range jumper a couple of times, which made Robert Williams and Al Alford have to step out a little bit. And then he got to the rim. That was a terrific performance by the Miami Heat. Jason Tatum, I know Stan McGunny was you know, bitching about Jason Tatum not getting the rock at the end of the game. He got the rock, and he turned the ball over three times. Yeah, he did. Three huge turnovers. He had that horrible pass that Jimmy Butler intercepted, which those six steals by Jimmy Butler, great defense by him playing help side. And then he had two back-to-back travels. Travels. He had that one where he drove to the lane, got his feet called up, lost his pivot. He walked there. And then Caleb Martin, great closeout. He tried to do a Serge Ibari Rice pump fake, but – Instead, both his feet came up. Another travel. So your best players at the end of the game weren't that good. Jalen Brown, he wasn't that good at the end of the game because he didn't touch the ball. And coming off of game sevens like they did, an emotional game seven against the Philadelphia 76ers, where they were down three to two and they had to win back to back games, it's hard to get up for the next series. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they did a lot of feeling out that game, which could have been avoided if Joe Missoula would have made some in-game adjustments, like not switching.
0: Yeah, and that's why I thought last night was the one to steal. The combo of that plus the time Jimmy Butler had to get to get his injury situated, and he's got a little bit of an injury, but you knew he would play tough. Um, yeah, that just – first off, if they call you for traveling in an NBA playoff game in the second half, you traveled. You traveled. I mean, you traveled. So you're right. Those are, those are I think, really important to bring up. Back to the discussion of Miami. Sometimes I think as a fan, it can be frustrating when all your team has is style. When they try to make the style the substance. With Miami, it's exactly the opposite. Their substance is their style. The reason they're cool is their substance. And that's what makes them interesting. We mentioned all four of those. There's four guys with 15 points last night. Vincent and Struess as starters. Martin and Lowry off the bench. They all had 15. Each of them hit three threes in the game. Big time. Plus Butler's 35. Plus Adebayo with the most amazingly quiet 28-5 and anybody has ever seen. Just consistency, blue collar, junkyard dog. If last night continues, Missoula has to figure out right now. Tatum, Brown, they've got to figure out how to stop what last night was because over
1: that, that third quarter showed you how this matchup could go the wrong way for Boston. Jimmy Butler is so intelligent on the offensive end. He didn't take any shots. It wasn't like Marcus Smart wasn't on him for a little bit or Jalen Brown wasn't guarding him for a little bit. When, but when those guys were, he would either see, seek out the switch and make – White or Brogdon or one of the bigs, Williams and Hartford, have to guard because he knew Joe Mazzullo was he switching, yep. or he would take them to the hole and those other guys would help and he would dish it off. He had great passes on dribble penetration and kicking it out to Caleb Martin in the first half and in the second half. He hit a huge three in the corner in the second half, and yeah, man, he's doing anything he wants. Like When you put guys like Peyton Pritchard on him, that's lunch meat with mustard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's too right. easy. It's just too easy. And He's he, too strong. He's too physical. He's too motivated. He's locked in. He has everybody locked in. When he was talking after the game last night, it was just like, yo, this is just one game. Yeah. We're supposed to do this. We're the eighth seed. We literally lost to Atlanta. We're not. Dude. We lost to Atlanta in the play in game. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> even make it to the seventh seed because we lost that. We were on the brink of not making the playoffs if we were to lose that nine, eight right. matchup. They made it. And they've made noise ever since. It's been so impressive. Shout out to Eric Spostra. He has never gotten the credit because of LeBron James and Wang Wade. Give him his damn credit.
0: Yeah, the edge that Butler plays with and speaks with after the game is so impressive to watch. He's got that chip on the shoulder, giving it back to the media. We know y'all didn't think we were going to win. We don't care. Mm-hmm. We don't care about that stuff. We're just moving forward. The other thing about last night, he goes 35 5 boards, 7 assists, 6 steals, and I believe this is correct. The last 30 the last last playoff 30 points and then 5 of each of those other categories was Jordan. <laughs> So, <laughs> Michael Jordan—it's mm. um, that kind of playoff performance that Jimmy Butler put out there. Miami up one game to none now in that series, and once again we see it. Boston is going to have to fight, scratch, claw, and come back because somebody took home court
1: from them. In today's NBA, you gotta be one of the three type of players: either just a flat-out superstar that could do everything. A big man that's versatile, that could step out and knock down shots, Mm -hmm. slash be a pretty good presence down low, or a 3 and D guy where you are a really good defender. They don't have to hide you on defense at all. You could guard sometimes the best player. And on the offensive end, when the superstars have the ball and get a lot of pressure on them and, you know, just – People are keying in on them. And double teams, you're able to knock down the outside shot. Miami has five of those 3-and-D yeah, guys. Yeah, they do. Come Kyle on. Lowry's a 3-and-D guy. He's a very good defender. Yep. Caleb Martin, 3-and-D guy. Um, Struess, 3-and-D guy. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, Vincent. Gabe Vincent, 3-and-D guy. <laughs> yeah. It's It's ridiculous. And even Kevin Love has stepped up his defense. And just getting dirty down low, throwing elbows and stuff, that beautiful outlet pass that he throws. Like, they are an absolute problem. And I think the Celtics can come back and still win this series, but they cannot play the same defense they did. That switch and stuff in the playoffs, regular season switching's cool because it conserves energy. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's kind of lazy in a way, but when you were able to guard like the Celtics, They're very good defenders. Let's not say they aren't. It's just it doesn't work against this team. It Mm might have worked in the last few series. It doesn't work against this team. Missoula, you better make adjustments. Yeah,
0: it's going to have to happen. And uh, I feel for Missoula on some level because I'm one of those people in my life where I like everything to lay out a certain way. And when stuff starts going wrong, sometimes I'll freeze up. I admit that I'm that type of guy. So I would not be a great coach in those situations. So, but with Missoula, I've seen it with other coaches. I'm an A and M fan, so I watched it with Kevin Sumlin. I felt like these were what this is a characteristic of his teams. However, they started the game. If the if Plan A didn't work, there was no Plan B. There was no adjusting to what it was. Missoula feels like that kind of guy to me. Say it's a plan. He's a Plan A coach. And if plan A fails, there's no way to react to it. And then Brown and Tatum, however you want to orient those two as the leaders of the team, neither of them feels like they're assertive enough to say this needs to happen. That needs to happen. What the hell are we doing? They both feel a little passive. Missoula doesn't make decisions. And then they just, you can, a team like Miami can turn it on them like that. And they don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, Marcus Smart, he needs to be that guy. To get in somebody's butt and say, yo, this is unacceptable. Coach, let me guard Jamie Butler for the whole game. But he's so beat up, he went out in yesterday's game. Yeah. And a huge uh, time in the third quarter where they needed him, and he was playing well. He left the game because he was dealing with all the hundred injuries that he's got going on. Right. So you can't count on him. And then Joe Mazzula, where was Grant Williams? You've been been calling for him. Grant Williams was was solid in the Philly series. He was guarding Joel Embiid at times.
0: Did not play, coach's decision.
1: What? Didn't play a minute, not one. You're playing Peyton freaking Pritchard, and you don't want to play Grant Williams, who's 250, physical, can muck it up? Take out Al Horford. You can take out Robert Williams because Bam Adebayo, he's kind of a Swiss army knife big. He's around 6'8", 6'9". He's not that him and Grant Williams match up a lot better than Al Harford and Robert Williams do at mm-hmm. times. So give that a chance. If Grant Williams doesn't play in game two, then I'm going to be pretty salty. Cause that's a damn shame. Like that's, he's too good of a defender and he can knock down the outside shot once in a while. I don't know why they've kind of given up on him. I don't know if Missoula and Grant Williams have never seen eye to eye, but last year he was a huge piece in their run, getting to the finals. A huge piece. So what's changed? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know each year is yeah. different, but throw him out there. You played them in the last series, and all of a sudden they kind of stopped playing him. I don't think he played much in game six and game seven of that Sixer series. But, yeah, last night they definitely could have used Grant Williams. Yeah, 12 minutes for Pritchard and
0: nothing for <laughs> that's Williams. A, that's a joke. It's weird. A strange stat in the game. Bench points were dead even. 30-30. 15 for those two guys in Miami, 19 and 11 for Brogdon and White for Boston. But to me, speaking to your Grant Williams comment, or maybe it's Grant and somebody else, I don't know if Boston can win this series with an eight-man rotation against a deep, versatile team like Miami, Grant Williams, and maybe even maybe there's one more guy that didn't play last night that might need to factor in. I feel like they needed a little bit more on combinations.
1: you got to let Jimmy Butler try to eat. At the end of the day, he doesn't want to do that. He will do that, and his scoring has definitely upped in the playoffs, but you got to live with something. And I'd rather have Jimmy Butler trying to go for 50 than have Struess, Vincent, Martin, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry all get over double figures like majority of those guys did last night and Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio was huge. I think he was the X factor yesterday because – that two-man game with him and Jimmy Butler, and they switch it. When Jimmy Butler was missing shots, Bam out was down there mucking things up and having tip-outs and stuff like that. He's so good he and so consistent. He is so tough. Yeah. He is so tough. And defensively, he causes a lot of problems, and it allows them to switch a lot defensively for Miami because he's so good out on the perimeter. And Jason Tatum... I heard Alex Caruso on J.J. Redick's podcast recently, and he kind of gave people game on how to guard Jason Tatum. He said 95% of the time, if he has the ball in his left hand, he's going to pull up. Hmm. And I watch Jason Tatum a lot. When it's in their left hand, he wants to shoot it. When it's in the right, he wants to get to the cup. And a lot of guys are like that. And, uh-huh. yeah, Jason Tatum has a lot of counters and whatnot, but... You could kind of tell they were getting up in him at the end of that game, and it resulted in a lot of bad plays, and you saw those travels and that turnover to Jimmy Butler. Eric Spolster, again, one of the best coaches, never has gotten that credit because Pat Riley has been his mentor, and everybody gives Pat Riley that credit, mm-hmm. and then you have LeBron James. So it's like, Eric Spoelstra, what do you really do? You were a video tech guy. Like, you made videos when you got to the squad. Are you really that good? Yes, he's really that good. And that's a mismatch. Missoula, Eric Spostra, that's a flat-out mismatch.
0: Yeah, that's another reason I'm i uh, was leaning, I'm leaning towards Miami in this series. The uh, And the, at least in Game 1, some of that comes through. Obviously, Boston's got a ton of talent. We'll see how they bounce back tomorrow night. Lakers trying to bounce back tonight. Western Conference Finals, Game 2. Zay, before we hit this break... If you are Ham and LeBron and Davis going into this one, all you need is a steal. All you need is a split. How confident are you going into tonight? How much did you really learn from that second half? What's the most important thing for the Lakers?
1: Uh, You learned a ton from that second half. You should be very confident. What you're not confident in is D'Angelo Russell just absolutely losing himself and not being locked in because he's bitching about starting. That's been all over. We know this is happening. Yes. Okay. That's that's been all over everybody's media talking about the Lakers. They are flat-out concerned of just losing D'Angelo Russell, being locked in, because this fool can't nut up and understand that this is the playoffs, and you're not doing very well at times, so we're going to try something else. Stop taking it personal, D'Angelo. Stop.
0: Yeah, because you think, for the record, they need to put him on the bench, start Hachimura— with the, get some with of that Schreuder. energy. Start Struder Shr- Shr- and yes. Hachimura. Get some of that defensive, you know, f- some of the work they did on Joker in the second half of the last game, and let Russell come off the bench.
1: Bruce Brown literally said. One of the point of emphasis for us offensively is to attack D'Angelo Russell because he's not a good defender. He said that out loud? He said that out loud. Just flat out said it. Just flat out said it. Bruce Brown out of Miami could care less about his feelings. Said, yeah, we just attacked D'Lo. That's what we did. That's what I saw in game one? No, you did. You talked about it. That's what I'm saying. He got exposed.
0: Now, like, I wouldn't have said that out loud if I'm the bench guy. No, I, no. I'd, I'd have shut up if I'm the bench guy. No, it is a good. It is a point. He's but, right. But they're confident. Those Nuggets are confident. And that tells the coaching staff for the Lakers what's going on. It's, and they need
1: to do something. Exactly, man. I just, I can't believe we're even talking about this. These are NBA guys. This is why people say NBA guys are the softest dudes ever. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get why you say that. They're running the show. They have too much control. So weak. Yeah. This is so weak, man. And if he starts tonight, then you could still start start Hachimura. You could still start him and start Russell over uh, Schroeder. But if if he does that, if Darwin Ham really starts D'Angelo Russell and they start off slow again, there's going to be a lot of bad talks in Los Angeles.
0: And maybe that is the solution. Maybe the solution is you know you're going to start Hachimura because of the obvious thing with Joker. You start Russell— And you make sure he understands it. Hey, we're going to you for early fire. But if that early fire is not there, I'm making a move. Do
1: you get me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Contavious Carwell Pope shouldn't be eating you alive. That that, that shouldn't be happening. He was beating them off the dribble, hitting nice little floaters off the glass. He was knocking the three ball down. And they're going to force Mike Malone and Joker. They're so smart. They're going to force D'Angelo Russell to get into action. So they're going to say, all right, Contavious. We're going to have you do a lot of triple handoff stuff, pick-and-roll stuff. We're going to have you set inverted pick-and-rolls on Joker where you're the screener and he's the ball handler, and he's going to try to go down to the block and make D'Angelo Russell have to make a decision. Are you going to try to stick with Joker just for a little bit? Are you going to show and get out? And when you show and get out, Contavious Carwell Pope's going to be waiting on the three-point line And you got to contest that, and then you got to worry about your offense. Which, if you're not making shots, he's also one of those guys. If he's not making shots, and his defense is so much worse than it would Mm. be when he is.
0: Yeah, it affects the other end. Some
1: guys don't care. Some guys could say, "Okay, I'm not making shots tonight. Let me make an impact in other ways." And some guys they start pouting and bitching and stuff. Oh, I can't say. That's why I couldn't be a coach, Chad.
0: No, you couldn't.
1: Oh, I'm. (laughs) <laughs> I'd Bobby Knight D'Angelo <laughs> Russell so quick, yeah, I'd would. be out the league. <laughs> yeah, you Are would. you kidding me, for How much you getting paid?
0: I, uh, Wipe had... your tears with those $100 bills. Right before we tip off the game, we should let you know that uh... – Coach Isaiah Collier is not going to be a part of tonight's game. He threw a potted plant at D'Angelo Russell. (laughs) He's out. He's out of tonight's game. He's been thrown out by the team. All right, uh, tonight it is Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. That's a 7.30 start. They are on ESPN tonight for the Western Conference Series. We'll keep talking NBA. Also up next, let's work in a little football. On the pro side with some Anthony Richardson updates from Indianapolis. And on the college side, where a couple Power 5 conferences are Are trying to find some fancy things to get you to watch. Will it work? We'll talk about it on the horn.
1: Chad and Zay.
0: Yeah, there it is. Do not let them tell you that great rock can't be made by completely sober people. Not one drug was. Never mind. Pink Floyd for the people's, eh? Pink Floyd. The song is okay. It's uh oh, that song's got a. It's called like Welcome to the Show or or here's the, so it's some kind of an introduction thing. Me uh. I can't think of it. What's it called? Yeah, you're pretty
1: cold. Have a Cigar.
0: Is this called Have a Cigar? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was called something else. My bad. My bad. Pink Floyd gets us started today. Never saw Pink Floyd back in the day, but uh, a mind-expanding show, if there ever was one, uh, from what I am told. Any band that's so mind-expanding, they have laser light shows and just play their music and throw lasers around. That's how you know. It's, an, it's a mind-expanding thing. That game. was their go-to? Uh, well, the shows where they had that. But I'm saying they would do, for years, they probably still do, they would do separate shows where you would just go to the arena. They'd have a laser light show and they would play Pink Floyd music. Not the concert. They would just play the music. Huh. A, and it just became a thing. Pink Floyd laser light show. And people would go. It's crazy. It's like an Alamo Draft House for Pink Floyd. That's pretty dope. Band's not even there. Yeah. That's how big a deal they were. Uh, And maybe still are. They're probably still doing those all over. Uh, Pink Floyd getting us started today. We are not talking album swap today. We're taking a break for the week on that. But we are talking movies today at 2.05. I watched Blue Chips for the first time and my life feels a little bit more complete now. We'll get into that because... I've seen Anthony, I've seen Penny Hardaway try to act now and <laughs> oh, oh. I can now move forward with my life. Zay had not seen a few good men. So, two different kinds of movies today, uh, both I think are fun to watch in different ways. We'll get into that at 2:05. Jeff Howe of horns247.com will join us at 1:05. Want to get his thoughts on uh, you know Sarkeesian. And, uh, and Terry and the other coaches that are going around talking with the you know the barnstorming tour his thoughts on the Longhorns as we are only 107 days away from Texas's first game uh, we'll get a little college football in here as well but and um, also want to remind everybody Texas baseball remember they get that series started today Thursday Friday Saturday uh, a little bit earlier this week Texas West Virginia 6:30 tonight if at all if the pitchers show up, Longhorn fans, you could have a really good weekend. It is Gordon uh, today. It's going to be LeBaron Johnson tomorrow. And Zay, they're going to start Tanner Witt on Saturday. If those guys step up and if Tanner Witt starts really looking like Tanner Witt and LeBaron Johnson keeps it up and Lucas Gordon can shake off what happened to him last week, now you might have a chance to to get yourself into a postseason discussion.
1: Yeah, look out, and we know West Virginia—they got that stud dude that's like batting over oh, honey. Yeah, their second baseman, yeah, right? I think, yeah, yeah, he he, nice with it. So if we can avoid him all weekend, yeah. I think we'll be all right. Just remember,
0: it's a unique game. The defense gets to determine if the offense plays. So <laughs> if you get yourself in a, in a in a bind, you can make sure. He does not play if you want to. That's true. If you want to, just saying. Uh, that's tonight at 6.30, 6.15 pregame right here on the Horn. All right, let's talk a little football. Not only are we 108 away, or excuse me, 107 away from Texas' first game, we are only 112 days from the first game of the NFL on that Thursday night. The Thursday nighter will be Kansas City and Detroit. But right now we're going to talk about another team in the AFC, and that is Indianapolis. Zay, we were talking about Anthony Richardson today. I know you've kept an eye on some of these young guys that just got drafted. How are they going to impact their teams? Most importantly – quarterbacks, because it is the most impactful, influential position. So, Anthony Richardson, how's that bass voice playing in Indianapolis?
1: uh, Oh, pretty good, Chad. (laughs) That's my really bad impersonation of Anthony Richardson. Sorry, Anthony. I hope your voice sounds better than that at this point. I know you're Mm. doing a lot of yelling at minicamp. But, man, he's impressing a lot of people. There's always just that what if for guys that don't have that many starts in their collegiate career. Anthony Richardson is definitely that guy. And a lot of Colts coaches are saying that even though he is raw, that he should be able to start in week one. Wow. And it's because of... His pocket presence, his awareness, they say, and even the backup, Gardner Menchu, is impressed. He says, I've been really impressed a lot of times with bigger guys with big arms. They aren't really as quick with some RPO stuff and underneath stuff. His feet are very quick, and I think he gets the ball out and can process Fast. So Mm. if the backup's saying that, that's a good sign. We know his arm. We know what his talent can be. We know his upside. At the end of the day, we got to see what happens on the field. But those are the things you want to hear if you're a Colts fan and you're waiting on Anthony Richardson and to see what he does because. The talent's there. The talent's definitely there. Mm -hmm. Can you put the talent with the work ethic, with the IQ, watching film, being able to take advantage of each defensive coordinator, what they're trying to do to you week after week? And when you get that film on you about week four or five, it gets a lot different for these rookie quarterbacks. So, yeah, man, he's been impressive so far, and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, the good and bad news sometimes is there's not a lot of film. And then sometimes the good and bad news is there's film. On the guy, yeah, uh, you can learn a lot from it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying listening to these stories because you know the the work ethic thing comes into play. We we talked about it the last couple of years with Jalen Hurts. You knew he'd work hard, but can he you know can he get in there and and really start dialing up all those little details? And you felt like he'd be that guy, and he has been, and now he's the highest paid guy. The other story you brought up to me earlier on Richardson speaks to the details. I think this story needs to get out so people are hearing it because it sounds like a little thing, but I do think it speaks to his work ethic, and it also speaks to the X's and O's, the little details, if he cares about something like this.
1: Yeah, Don Cliveman, who's great NFL sports writer, he said, After a recent NFL rookie event, Anthony Richardson decided to stay behind after everyone else exited and cleaned up a big mess left by the players so the staff wouldn't have to. Richardson explained that it was unfair to expect the staff to clean up this mess left behind by the draftees. He insisted on staying to help until the room was completely nice and tied up, even though he was given the option to leave. And NFL executive Troy Vincent, which, Troy, this isn't really good on your part, but whatever, told him, you don't have to do this, Anthony. Yeah. And he said, we left the room in an unacceptable condition, and it's not right for us to expect the staff to clean this up. Yeah, and wow, that's
0: that's wild. And once he gets to – so this was all rookies. This wasn't just like the Colts. Right. right. So he probably doesn't feel like it's his place to call those guys out on it because they're not his teammates. But in Indy, he probably would call them out. I love that, but – I was also raised. – I'm not a total clean freak, but I was raised by clean your plate, clean your room, and do not leave unnecessary messes for other people. Oh, yeah. I was raised that way. I sense you probably were raised that way by your folks. You think? I mean, it's just – I'm the kind – my wife gets mad at me because I pick up our trash and any trash around us at the movies when I'm leaving. (laughs) I do not leave my popcorn bag in my seat. I don't let See, her, and I don't let her do it. She's like, "Well, people are here to do that." I'm like, "No, no, no, no! This is our stuff." Okay,
1: that makes sense. I thought you were talking about other people's stuff.
0: Oh, I'll grab other people's on the way if it's, oh, if it's man, on my way. Yeah, man, yeah,
1: that's a very Anthony Richardson of you.
0: If I'm on the way, I'll I'll do it. That kind of stuff will bug me every once very in a while. Very classy, dude. If I'm walking in a Walmart parking lot and I see an empty like water bottle just sitting on the ground, I will reach. If I I'll reach down. If I have a free hand, I'll reach down and pick it up and throw it away on my way in. See, like that's the kind of stuff that. I'll just do, and it's not. sometimes even it's not mine. Anthony Richardson, though, I'd love this if I was a Colts fan because it really speaks to that responsibility element of him. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then you're Roshan Johnson. There's a story about him doing yeah. a very similar thing. In the which, running in the running back room with the Bears. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Roshan Johnson, just one of my favorite players and people ever. I talked about it yesterday when I went on my D'Angelo Russell rant and just how he said, you know what, the running back room, a little light. I'll play running back, coach. Even though I came here to be a cornerback, I'll play running back. And that already showed you the type of person that Rojo was. You remember Dak Prescott throwing the cup over his shoulder, missing it in the trash can, and then picking it back up? Right. That wasn't as big, but – Shows the person that Dak Prescott was. And yeah, I love stories like this too. You need that from your quarterback. Just being responsible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I need my quarterback responsible, Johnny Menzel.
0: Plus, yeah, that's a no, yeah, that's a great name to bring up because he wasn't certainly wasn't that guy. No. Um, and there's a lot of guys out there that would be the, you know, that type of oh, somebody's gonna pick it up, somebody somebody's gonna do this, whatever. But for me, it's always like if I'm in a hotel, you coming in and making the bed when I leave, that's that's different. I'll let that happen. I'm not going to make the bed in a hotel. But in terms of like busting stuff up and turning over chairs and tables and leaving like leaving all the fast food stuff and all that not thrown away. No, I don't do that. No, nah. I, I clean it up. So good for Anthony. Also, to have that bass in his voice to add to it, I think that's cool because there is a presence about him the base voice plus he's got an old soul everybody that talks to him has said like no he just feels like he's more experienced than what did you say it was 13 games at Florida 13 games which doesn't sound like a ton cuz it's not uh but it does feel like they're, uh, yep. they're they're enjoying that so far so specifically for those around here if you're a Texans fan you know that's a team you got to deal with twice Anthony Richardson looking good at least leadership wise in Indy
1: Yeah, there was a point in time where if you were a quarterback and you didn't have over 30 starts, you probably weren't getting drafted in the first round. You might still get drafted, but it'd be as a project. They wouldn't take a risk on you. And now the NFL has gotten a lot like the NBA where potential is such a big thing. (laughs) Right, Like potential is huge, and a lot of these GMs and offensive coordinators slash head coaches, they think, okay, if we get this guy and put him in our offense, no matter what he did at his previous school – He's going to thrive. And sometimes it works out Mm -hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. Somebody texted, Chad, are you trying to
0: die with fentanyl on everything these days? Oh, I didn't even think. See, I'm a germaphobe. I don't touch
1: nobody else's stuff. People put fentanyl on just water bottles? I don't don't touch nothing. What is happening? Yeah, you hear all these crazy stories and stuff. I don't touch anything. Now, a big pet peeve of mine, Chad, when I'm in a restaurant or something and I see people have their chair pulled out, I'll put their chair back in. Is that right? Put, yeah. Oh, I hate okay. that. Oh. I hate that. And that's I came from my mom. My mom, she wasn't about that either. I think she learned that from my grandma, my grandpa which My grandpa's birthday today. He's no longer with us, but happy birthday, Gramps. There you go.
0: There you go. Rest in peace, man. Happy birthday. Um, All right. uh, If you want to throw in on the Specs, text line 337-3776. Do you have any of that Anthony Richardson in you? You have to clean up. You have to pick up after people. you have any of that? Uh, Anthony Richardson doing some good things in Indy. We'll also hit the uh, college football stuff if you missed it. Looks like the Pac-12 and Big 12 have both considered – Enhanced broadcast stuff. We'll talk about that. How much enhancement do you really want? Do you want your college football to push towards where NBA, Major League Baseball, XFL have been in these last couple years? We will discuss that as we roll through. Also, if you've been following the Tiger Woods NDA story, I'll try to get you an update there, including a wild fact about Tiger and his former girlfriend that I just found out about today. Don't move. That's next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Interesting voice. I've got an old name and a new name in my head. Is this older? We're
1: going way back here? Um, let me check. Nope. Oh, yes, actually. 1979. Okay. Oh, wow. The only
0: name that pops in my head is Marianne Faithful. Oh,
1: from Half Court. Is that her? Yeah. Yep. I ain't never heard of this woman.
0: Yeah, Marianne Faithful was, she was, somebody's going to know the story better than I do. Marianne was like a groupie at one point with the, like a groupie as well as a musician. She hung out with the Stones a little bit, but I think she had her own career. The reason I know that voice, years and years later, she was on a track with Metallica And it had that same thing, that raspiness to it, and it's the only thing that it sounded like.
1: Yo, it's a unique, dope voice. There you go. I like her voice. All right.
0: All you Metallica fans out there that rip on some of that later Metallica stuff, there's a benefit for you. For me listening to, what was that, the Load and Reload album? Come on. Marianne Faithful, okay. Uh, Marianne Faithful and Pink Floyd, who combined did all the drugs, or at least tried to, in the sixties and seventies. <laughs> N- none of those folks were uh, were sober back in the day. Yo, but- there's
1: nothing like after doing the nasty with somebody and then realize, wow, you actually got some talent.
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, by the way, somebody told me, somebody texted us today that uh, the band Tool. Which is def- definitely they're on kind of the progressive metal side of things. Love Tool. Uh, apparently, they're a straight edge band. I didn't know that. No drugs for Tool. If you've ever seen them live, you could understand it because there's a lot going on and it's hard work. So I guess you'd want to be straight to do it. But I didn't know they were straight edge. You guys, um,
1: just say we never did drugs in our career. Is that just how you stray the edge? I guess. You just okay, declare just it. Just saying. In like, an interview, you'll probably yeah, just let somebody know. Yeah. yeah. It was never really our thing. Or just like the people around them, like their camp and team and stuff, saw them not doing drugs. They don't have any Steven Tyler stories where they literally hired a guy to right. get the drugs for them. Correct. Right. They
0: don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Like Paul and Gene from Kiss apparently have been like not no alcohol, no drugs for a long time. All the way back into the, I don't know, into the 70s. Wow, good for those
1: guys. Where they've
0: never really been those guys. Some of the other guys in the band, a little different. Uh, Now, here's a good Pink Floyd story before we move on. Somebody, we were talking about Pink Floyd laser light shows, Zay. (laughs) Bizarro Dale Dudley texts, That laser light show on 10 hits of acid was nothing short of amazing. (laughs) PSA, don't try that, kids. After the show, I watched street lights melt into the road until sunrise. (laughs) Hell, hell, the next day I had an hour-long conversation with a grasshopper named Julio. Pretty insightful
1: insect. <laughs> well done. Um, well done. Yo, never done acid in my life. I still don't understand how Doc Ellis threw a no-hitter on acid.
0: That's a crazy one. That's
1: the most He was LSD, bonkers... I believe, right? He was on LSD okay, for that one. Okay. Yeah. Still. Yeah, yeah. Some of the most bonkers stuff you ever hear. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I always wondered that. Like, was the baseball changing throughout the game? Yeah, like, right? As he threw it, did it turn into like a hedgehog once or it turned into a grapefruit? Yeah, and was like? he
1: just thinking, man, I just have a nasty curve? This is awesome. That's <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just threw the same pitch every time, man. It was great. All right, uh, let's get into a little crap bag here. I'll try to give you a Tiger Woods update.
1: Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. See, uh, this will show how we don't know drugs, LSD, and acid are the same thing. That is the same. Okay.
0: Okay. I, just, yeah. I didn't I did. Okay. There you go. That's
1: a good thing that we don't yeah, know. Yeah, we that. don't know that. We don't See, know that. We're not part of that life.
0: Acid, LSD, just produces good Damn great, junkies. Produces good music. That's all I know back in the day. Uh, just be careful, kids. Uh, crap bag brought to you by AV Consultations 255 8678 or go to avconsultations.com. So, Zay, I know you've been weirdly interested in the Tiger Woods former girlfriend story. Mm-hmm. Here's your update. Tiger Woods, a bit of a victory for Tiger's side of things, a judge has taken a look at everything and has ruled that Erica Herman has to abide by the NDA, non-disclosure agreement that she signed, and has to resolve the lawsuits through arbitration. But as of this point, the judge, it's a female judge if that matters to anybody, she has determined that she doesn't really feel like the accusation of harassment is warranted. She doesn't feel like Erica has enough of an argument for – she's claiming Tiger sexually harassed her at some point along the way. Uh. So far, the judge hasn't found the proof of that. But here's the wild part of this story to me, Zay. They started as business partners and then dated. I never knew that. that. He had her as like – she was running a restaurant for him in Florida, like Tiger Woods Bar and Grill or something like that. And that was before they started dating. Well, then they started dating, and she moved in with him. And somewhere in that time frame, I think, is where this NDA came about. And Tiger's people are saying it's a business NDA. It's not like I was saying, I'm not making my girlfriend sign paperwork. I'm making a business partner sign paperwork. Damn, that's cool. A non-disclosure agreement on some level. But here's the wacky part. The two of them do not agree on when the relationship went to personal. And I mean they don't agree by two years. So when you ask her, when did you go from that, the business part, to dating Tiger and moving into a Florida mansion? She says it happened one year. I think 2015. He says it didn't happen until 2017. Oh, Tiger.
1: What kind of relationship are we
0: in where the two of you can't even agree within a year on something like that?
1: Tiger swear he a player, man. He swear he a player. Dude. Like this is a player move. This is like, oh, I didn't know we were dating at all. You thought we were in a relationship. I was still out here wilding in Winnebago, going to Vegas and stuff. You you were just a statistic. All of my business partners
0: stay in the house and we have sex. Did you not know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that frowned upon? See, that's where... Should I not have done that? So she should
1: have went to the judge and been like, there there has to be clues on, are you in a relationship or not? Did she leave the toothbrush at the crib? I was going to say, was your toothbrush in his house? Was she washing your drawers? Where her drawers at the crib? Come on, Eldrick. You know what I'm saying? Like just these little things to where you know you're in a relationship and you don't like how much of her stuff is over there. Come on, does she have her own drawer? T Woods. Does she does she have her own spot in the closet? How big is that spot? Like you gotta get real detailed on it. You know what I'm talking about? Say it's one of Tiger Woods' places in
0: Florida. The closet she got to use is bigger than your house <laughs> and my house. Combined, probably. I mean, how do you know? So I'm gonna take that this part of it. I'm gonna take her word because I think I'd remember specifically the day I got to move into a house like that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and we'll assume Tiger's just not paying attention and, and doesn't know. Yeah,
1: you ain't on that many painkillers, Tiger. Right. You know what's going on.
0: But the fact that she also she could not definitively tell the judge and prove to them that she didn't sign an agreement. Her lawyers have tried to say, we don't know if she signed that agreement, this agreement we're seeing here, it doesn't look familiar, but she couldn't absolutely tell them, did you not sign anything? Oh, no, no, I signed something. Okay, you did. You signed a non-disclosure agreement. Sound mind and body. Nobody forced you, right? Right, okay. Well, I can't find any evidence that this harassment thing exists, so if you signed it, you're bound by what you signed. That's, yeah. how, that's how it works. Right. I'm sorry. We can all discuss of, well, is that crazy to have them sign? it? And None that, of that matters if she signed.
1: And that's what's bad, too. Like, what man will make his woman sign anything besides, like, a prenup, but you're already on yeah. a bad place if you're on that prenup state? Part of her claim is that he threatened to fire her if she didn't sign it. Fire her for her job? Yeah. Working at the grill, being the manager? Correct.
0: That's part of the accusation from her, but that,
1: uh, that, that, this is this is going all over the place. So, so she wanted to work, even though she was Tiger Woods' woman in her eyes. Yeah,
0: and so again, somewhere along the line, it turned into a personal relationship. But it started as her running this business, and I think the NDA was about the business. So, and maybe it was at the time she's becoming the girlfriend. in his mind, because he's Tiger Woods, he thought, well, there's some work stuff here that we don't want that to go away. So you got to sign the paperwork that says you're still going to do the work part, even though we're doing the other part, (laughs) I guess.
1: Tiger ain't spit. Tiger, you man, that's that's what I'm saying. Go back to the karma stuff, Chad, on why his leg always messed up and he can't get oh, through the master. There we go. Tiger's a foul brother. There we go. He is a foul brother, and just like John Morant, it goes starts at home. The home training, y'all saw the documentary on HBO where his pop was bringing the house to no, the man. Winnebago and stuff like that when you see that stuff you think that it's okay you know how tiger feels about his father y'all remember those masters after he wins it and he hugs daddy and stuff that was a beautiful moment that don't mean tiger's daddy ain't foul too
0: right yeah earl taught him earl taught him a little bit more than how to read too pot. much
1: Love, taught him a little bit too much mm-hmm. even when he didn't think tiger was paying attention he was And Tiger, that's why Tiger has just a bad relationship with all the women he's been with because he don't know how to treat them. He wasn't raised right. Dude, there's nothing
0: sexier than the moment you know she's about to move into your mansion and you get her to sign the (laughs) NDA. I mean, it's so sexy, Zay. I can't even tell you. They say makeup sex is good. And they say, you know, wedding night sex is good. NDA night sex. I mean, that is the best. That has got to be the best.
1: Look, you know who did it the right way? Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter did it the right way. Phones in the basket? Phones in the basket. (laughs) Phones in the basket because you let these women know early. Yo, don't think this is anything, baby. I, I used to date Jessica Alba, Mariah Carey. Don't think you're anything special. If you don't have to put that phone in the basket, then maybe we can start talking relationships. But as long as that phone's in the basket, just like Bill Bellamy said, and how to be a, pay- a player. You ain't nothing but a statistic.
0: Oh, my goodness. There's your update on Tiger. I hope we made that very clear. You can tell I'm definitely into the legal side of that story. All right, coming up, your 1 o'clock hour. We'll start with Jeff Howe of Horns247.com. We'll talk some Longhorn stuff with him in our Flex segment. More offers for Flex guys. Plus, we'll tell you where you can find that 7-on-7 schedule for the Lake Travis event. And their spring games going on this week as well. In fact, uh, West Lakes is coming up today. We'll re- uh, hit that one as well stay with us if you want to jump in on the specs text line 337-3776 this is the horn